0: here's an world, boys the media a lot of you
1: out there probably never even heard of the word
0: now that we're all on lockdown and isolated social media is kind of all we have it's our sad excuse for a social life
1: or anti-social media
0: right uh flaming and trolling media
1: speaking of which i have a bone to pick with you mike keller oh no i just can't do anything right can i yeah yeah well it kind of reflects on what you what you see me as Uh (laughs) uh-huh so like like a few days ago you like texted me something and we won't go into specifics about how what i was texted but you had a title of a company or some kind of title of a company and uh-huh. you asked me what my impression was of that that company and uh-huh. and and the name was something that had kind of a you know i don't know it wasn't necessarily ethnic but it had a a foreign like an english word and a and a spanish word put together mm-hmm. you know what i'm mm-hmm. talking about right
0: i know what you're referring to yeah, yeah
1: okay and then you said to me well what do you think of this and i'm like ah you know it's borderline offensive mm-hmm. and then you said Oh, if you think it's offensive, it must really be offensive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, So that means you have a higher threshold for being offended than most people? No, I, I think you're a sensitive, <laughs> conscientious person. And um, while you're not easily offended, um, you're sensitive to other people's. You're very plugged in. You're paying attention to everybody's feelings and um, you're sensitive to people's concerns.
1: Okay. So you're spinning it very well. So it's good that we brought this up and for, you know, because I mean, I think in some ways, social media is about sensitivity too. And, and, and being aware or
0: insensitivity.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a, it's a jungle out there. I mean, what does social media mean to you?
0: It look for something I write off and think like, I claim it's all silly. I spend like way too much time with my phone in my hand, like doom scrolling through Instagram or TikTok. And it's, it's embarrassing. This is not something I want to admit Uh, When you see that little um, end of day summary from your iPhone that says how much time you spent on it, it's it's cringe. I mean, like I could have cured cancer by now.
1: I spend more time posting than I do looking (laughs) balance
0: of trade. You're a you're a producer, (laughs) not a consumer.
1: Like today, That's I was admirable. like, yeah, today I was like posting a whole, but well, I mean, I have a screening coming up on Saturday, so yeah. I, I just You're like
0: good at promotion and in and, and media and all that. I, I really
1: admire that. I mean, the one thing that I'm comfortable with is putting out a message or telling a story. And I know that each social media platform, you know, there's this different method in presenting that story. You can't. There's just a different language just,
0: you know, and there's a different audience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a thing where it's like, okay, I'm trying to tell everyone that screams at four o'clock. Okay. Well, what do I say to my Twitter audience? What do I say to my, you know, the, the Facebook people? And and there, I mean, I feel like I have different relationships with all these different people. What's your favorite platform?
0: I found actually recently that TikTok is the most practical and useful. Like, you know, if you let it figure out your interests, you can learn a lot of really important information you know i i'm on like investing tiktok i'm on vegan tiktok sort of i'm
1: on like bass guitar learning tiktok stay away from the t- the underage teenage girl tiktok okay
0: <laughs> yeah i started i mean they're kind of an everybody's tiktok so you can't fully avoid them but um i definitely don't like uh hone in on
1: them i have a problem with tiktok i think that the the, yeah. the algorithm is like really, really weird. And you get such, I get such strange things. And I'm thinking like, does this, it's just like that. It's just like that situation it, where are they reading me? Are they reading my soul?
0: Right, they, yeah, they they know you too well. But it, you know, if something bothers you, you don't want to go down that, that road. Like at first I, for some reason I found myself on like ultra conservative Midwestern teenager TikTok. And I, <laughs> I realized like this was, this is detrimental. So I, I held down the video and I said, not interested. And after I did that like once or twice, I, I got out of that rabbit hole, out of that vortex. I think
1: that TikTok exists to provoke a response, some kind of very guttural response, like not, and, and it's visceral, not a, yeah. yeah, visceral, like, like kind of this thing where you see something, maybe you'll laugh, you know, they, they, they want you to have mm-hmm. like one big explanation point, boom, you know, here it is. It's more And of an oddball platform, I think than the other Mm -hmm. ones, the other ones make a little more sense. Like why is this person famous? This one particular person that makes scrunchy faces, Right,
0: that's a reasonable question. How
1: does this person who makes scrunchy faces get 50 million fans and and all of this play? It, it, It doesn't make any sense because what they're providing is not something that warrants that adulation. With that sense of attention. I have two answers for you. Go ahead.
0: I, I think they're actually picking up on people's cues insofar as if somebody watches a video to the end, you know, assuming it's not a two second video, if it's like 30 seconds and people don't just scroll past it, that's engagement. So they, they, set, they, they try that out to a few more people. And mm-hmm. if they all watch it to the end. So whatever like visceral caveman a uh, limbic system thing that set off in people that they were interested enough to watch it to the end it it starts to catch fire
1: you never know what the next thing you're going to see <laughs> sometimes you might see something right. like really really horrifying like i've seen it's a box of chocolates i've seen animals getting abused i've seen some really oh, no. horrible things on whatever tiktok and it's like a situation where it's like you know, who do you report to when you see this thing? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's less ownership and it's more like the wild west. Like I was making a list of like vegan influencers and vegan social media platforms and this and that. And there was one I forgot to put down and that's like Facebook. And, and, mm-hmm. the, and the reason I did, because it's gotten so stayed and so locked into a place siloed. Yeah and, yeah. and and in some ways, um, Instagram is a little like that as well, where everyone's sort of hunkering into their own spot or, or you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like it's like you get this point where in Facebook you have someone pushing conspiracy theories like, OK, I'm going to go ahead and not have this person posting anymore. And there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can you can either stop unfriend them or stop following them, whatever. So you mm-hmm. start creating your own world where random things stop happening or random information stops going towards you.
0: You only get what you seem to want. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes an echo chamber and a self-fulfilling prophecy of sorts. Um, And Facebook actually has gotten a lot more aggressive recently about fact checking people and de-emphasizing things that are supposedly suspect. And so now uh, conservatives are saying like Facebook has a liberal bias Also, speaking of another point you mentioned like a few sentences ago, you talked about how you saw some really disturbing things on TikTok. I read an article about how there are these people in like basically a content screening facility, uh, like in the Philippines, and they have PTSD. A lot of them are developing PTSD or they burn out within a couple months because they're the people who um, judge when somebody on Facebook says that content is offensive. Mm-hmm. they're the ones who judge whether or not to remove it so they end up seeing like the absolute worst of humanity they're seeing like beheading videos from terrorists and like horrible horrible things um and to the point where you know they're like bearing the brunt of humanity's bad instincts wow and wow. it's rough well, yeah it's rough. It's okay. i mean that's got to be a really rough job unless you're like a complete sociopath like uh, i don't know how anyone can last and in that position for more than a few months. And they're not even getting paid particularly well to do this.
1: Well, they have like a want ad, like looking for a sociopath to see disturbing images.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but if you were a real sociopath, you'd be like, it's fine.
1: Okay, so I I made some reasons why vegans should be on social media. Reason number one, craft a new persona, a better version of yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's like I mean that's like that whole thing with influencers where they you know you only see what they're framing. You don't see the stuff right. on the other side. Room could be a mess, but as long as this one wall is fine, people craft their own personas on online. The other part, the other the other reason to be on social media is to be a part of a community, and I think that's one of the strongest elements of, 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 social media is you feel like you're a part of something, maybe fighting against something as well, or, you know, and then, I mean, in our case, a lot of times we are fighting against intolerance and, uh, um, abuse. And sometimes you feel a lot more strength when you're with people that have the same, ethical belief system or things about health, all the, you know, all the, all the, all the things that, that, that make us people that have decided to choose a certain direction in our lives. We go on social media to learn about uh, food products and services. Like a lot of times, like I'm sure you get excited when uh, you find out, you know, there's going to be a new like chicken nugget. <laughs> that's coming out vegan chicken nugget in the past food was food and
0: people ate more or less variations of what they ate for thousands of years but in this vegan space food is technology meaning it's just constantly evolving and changing and people are applying science to solve serious problems you know we're applying environmental and ethical solutions to people's uh, taste prejudices
1: the other part of of being on a part of social media is to promote Uh, vegan foods vegan lifestyle and businesses and that's a way that we can support people that are on the same side as us and also exponentially grow another great way to be on social media so we can troll meat eaters (laughs)
0: how how do you how do you think that can happen i haven't been able to accomplish that (laughs) it's usually the other way around have you have you ever been
1: trolled by a by someone on on social media
0: no only because i haven't been a good enough about shamelessly um as and i shouldn't be ashamed shamelessly
1: uh speaking my mind i've been literally bacon trolled literally a bacon grilling on a pan and the bacon was shaped like a heart and the irony is that it gives you a heart attack when some people hear the word vegan they just something happens they change (laughs)
0: It's the defense mechanism. Like, are you saying I'm a bad person?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and then, and then the other, the other, I think the biggest reasons has to do with social change and, and changing people's minds about factory farming and changing people's uh, eating habits and hopefully making people eat healthier and uh, cleaner and wiser and uh, helping the environment and sort of, you know, and, and hopefully, we can use social media in a an uplifting way
0: i mean well, you, there's definitely different cat- categories of personalities or um you know m- media approaches you know there's the uplifting way which is often like food porn you know mm-hmm. like um miss vegan or a uh, vegan fat kid who's actually not fat mm-hmm. or six vegan sisters like they're showing recipes and these like really mouthwatering photos of like mm-hmm. delicious Uh, vegan junk food and like Mm. burgers and pizza and all that stuff like that's i guess you would call that uplifting and then there's the like down you know the moral outrage category which is like you know we um and of course they have every right to be outraged like it's the you know the factory farming and meat eating is outrageous but yeah um you know there's like the annoying vegans or whom we interviewed or uh, jesse for justice or whatnot sometimes there's an overlap but i think for the most part, people who are on the like food porn track are not on the moral outrage track they they don't seem to overlap that much.
1: There's this company called link fluence and in twenty eighteen they did a study on vegan posts and they separated the vegans into three categories I, I mean obviously it doesn't it's three three categories is not you know something i mean we're all different reductive, and we have different sure. opinions but but i I found this kind of interesting so they they separated in three three parts there was ethical foodies the the volume of posts were like 125,000 i guess that's per day and then there was the fitness and lifestyle community and that's uh, 239,000 per day and then there was the holistic well-being seekers so there was like three different and i'm sure that there's no oh, wait people, what
0: happened about the there's no social justice activists category in i think
1: they put them in the ethical foodie
0: pile. oh because foodie is i really think the foodie section and the ethical section are separate
1: well you would have four <laughs> four categories <laughs> yeah, <I would. laughs> that all kind of i mean there's also in.
0: subsets there's like you know there's the celebrities who are like famous for other reasons but you know use their platform to uh promote veganism there's like occasionally there's like sort of comedians and i think they're like really uh helpful because like, you know, there like there's this guy on TikTok called, um, Tully something he's Indian. And he's like, he plays up this kind of like caricature of like a Punjabi guy. And he, he does recipes and cooking, mm-hmm. but with jokes mm-hmm. and he's just really entertaining. So he makes you, you know, you watch it, not just for the recipe, but also for his like shtick for his character, you know,
1: speaking of TikTok, do you know the Korean vegan? <sighs> Think so? Yeah, she's really interesting and amazing. No, she, I she,
0: don't. Who's this Korean she, vegan you speak of?
1: She talks about her past, her past life, very raw, very personal story, and a, and it's like a voiceover. And as she's talking about her life, or maybe her relationship with her ex husband, or her relationship with her her new husband, and different things like that, she is making these amazing Asian food. <laughs> Well oh, cool. shot, and it's it's a bu- it's a, just a really beautiful way that she's expressing like how we communicate through food, but she's also sort of excising past demons as well because I think food is related to her family, is related to um, experience, and things like that. So, so you know, it's it's like one of those things where sometimes you know you you know people think TikTok, they think teenagers dancing, not
0: anymore. It's definitely involved past teenagers dancing. People have, um, you know, their attention spans are short these days. If you can give them two streams of content in the same medium, you're more likely to hold their attention Mm -hmm. because they're learning one thing visually and they're learning a different thing um, auditorily. And so you're more likely to have them like fully engaged. But I
1: think that it's important to create an identity. And then once you have that identity, like depending on the platform, it's like, okay, how am I going to go ahead and tell that story? And there's all sorts of different ways to tell that story. Like when it comes to Instagram, they have Instagram stories. It's like, okay, well, a lot of times Instagram stories are great, like as a multi-part story. Or Mm -hmm. if you have a surprise to tell someone, maybe it's good to tease it and, and to slowly reveal it in a certain way. And, you know, and, and so it's kind of interesting and compelling. That's what I love about each platform. There's like always a different way to engage. And I always look in that direction, like, okay, well, you know, what do I have to say? What's the most compelling, interesting way to say it? And then how does the platform dictate the the message as well? Or how can I, you know, bring a bright and, and and uplifting message within this format.
0: That is very mindful. At the same time, I think people, you know, if they go to all the trouble of creating a piece of content, they end up kind of recycling it on all platforms. <laughs> you know, whether or not they modify it slightly for different ones is a different story.
1: Yeah, if if it's, we're having a vigil here.
0: But yeah, yeah there's one native platform, usually that you've designed it for, and then you kind of shoehorn it into all the others
1: it really depends sometimes the message and the story will take off on one platform and not another <laughs> and then that's that's also part of it it's like maybe one platform was made for that particular message in a certain respect or or may i i also think that it is interesting too how we don't have the same followers on Twitter that we do have on Instagram that we have on Facebook. Oh, because
0: on Twitter, people like to fight
1: (laughs) with, with Twitter, you know, the vegan content, you know, there is food content and there's some great, beautiful food content, but it's also focused in on animal rights, social justice. It's political. And so, Uh, there's a lot of vegan on vegan conflict going on there too vegan on vegan violence (laughs) the the triple v personally my personal opinion the most positive i mean positive the the one that i don't i I know that when i go on and i don't feel dread is instagram instagram
0: yeah because everybody just loves your cutie um what do you call it little food porn photos they're like that looks delicious how great.
1: Well, you can tell stories. I mean, I saw, uh, yeah. you know, a very incisive interesting post from those annoying vegans about speciesism.
0: Yeah, they coddle a dog but stab a pig in the throat. Yeah.
1: There was a really interesting YouTube uh video this guy named Joey Carbstrong, do you know him?
0: <laughs>
1: no. He's kind of a well-known animal rights activist, but he had this stand and he he he, he put it by a Swan Lake, where they had all these swans, and they had these—I guess they were vegan chicken bites—but he rebranded them as Kentucky Fried Swan, and he wanted to Ah. give people a taste. And it's like, in some ways, that's cool because it's storytelling, and it's kind of maybe social experiment. And he's taking the medium, but he's also he's got a point about how. We value certain. Well, the, our society values certain species over another.
0: Yeah, it's like a. It's. I mean, it's partially just a function of how like cute we find them to be, which is sad, because you know like, an animal's looks shouldn't <laughs> just like a person. An animal's looks should not um, determine its worth.
1: When you say cute, though, I mean, have you seen a baby pig? They're so adorable. Oh, baby pigs are
0: adorable, <laughs> don't you? I mean, look, you don't have to convince me, but I, I think people usually have more of a swoon reaction to a, a grown-up dog than a grown-up pig yeah i mean don't get, i you know i think big big huge pigs are cute too but um a lot of people are more willing to kill them and eat them
1: i mean cows are cute
0: yeah i think so it, again it's like one of these out of sight out of mind things you don't see them walking around every day so you you don't you're a little more willing to just see them as a processed burger patty and not as a creature with feelings.
1: One reason why veganism is, is growing and popular has to do with the controversy too. And the fact that, you know, when bacon trolls and people go after us or go after whatever, go after the vegan community and there's a, there's conflict whenever there's conflict, there's attention. Yeah. And that attention true. makes something more popular.
0: And it makes people think, you know, they, they start to ask themselves, who's right? Who's the good guy and the bad guy in this conflict?
1: Were there any other um, influencers that you are inspired by or did we, did we do cover it basically?
0: I've covered a lot of them. I mean, you know, I follow Moby, <laughs> who who's does, still does music, but I think he's more of an influ- uh, you know vegan activist now. Alicia Silverstone, she makes vegan cookbooks, she makes posts.
1: So you just don't but, uh, only famous, famous people you follow, that's good. No,
0: no, no, no. I, I follow, I, I mentioned a bunch of other people that I follow. I've also, there's organizations, you know, PETA, PETA2, Mercy for Animals, um, the Save Movement. Uh, those all also do a lot of social media.
1: When I established Vegan Hacks Pod, we have, we're on Twitter and we're on Instagram And I think we have a Facebook page, but I I kind of ignore it right now. But Mm. but I as does everyone. Yeah, my mission is on 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 Instagram right now is to just take a picture of everything I eat right before I eat it. (laughs) Yeah, and you eat a lot of delicious things. You get to a point where there's like pressure on you. I'm like, okay, well, I better make mm-hmm. something good today. I have like this little LED light. Oh, that you bring around to restaurants? No, I, I haven't. I haven't gone that far yet. If only
0: there were restaurants now. Yeah,
1: well, that's the thing. Um, but what I'll do is I'll bring it. I'll bring it downstairs. You know, I'll prepare mm-hmm. something or get, get all my food ready, and, and then I'll make sure that right before it, you know, range it, and then I'll light it really nicely. Sometimes I'll turn out Kinda- all the lights. And just put the LED light on wow. the food and take a, take a snap. That's awesome.
0: It kind of bursts my bubble. Cause I thought all your food was inherently beautiful. This is like how they say, like, why do models Photoshop and use so many filters? Like, <laughs> you know, they're going to start making like food filters to make food look better.
1: Well, we all use filters. I mean, that's the other, the, that's the other magic of it. It's like, there's like a, fact, it's like, it's like, it's like the second filter is the best food filter. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Claritin or something. <laughs> It's, okay. it's how the sausage is made, the vegan sausage, obviously right right but but for all know.
0: those people contemplating veganhood, um the food really is good whether he has to light it or not, you should try it
1: so anyway, that's it. Social media, man cool, we did it. so how are it's you been real? What did you have for lunch?
0: uh what did I eat for lunch? I had um carrot slices, cooked carrot slices with tofurki sausage. Okay. I also ordered a 20-pound bucket of Soylent, so for the next month, every time you ask me what I ate for lunch, it'll be Soylent.
1: I hope it's not Soylent Green, because that, that's made of people.
0: <laughs> it's people. Soylent Green is made
1: out of people. Listen to me, Hatcher. You gotta tell them
0: Soylent Green is